David said about the Holy Spirit within and the Holy Spirit on us, on us and in us, both of us. We have the Holy Spirit in us because of the new birth, and we have the Holy Spirit on us because he's anointed us like he anointed Jesus, anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Well, that's how overflow is. It's got to be two ways. It can't just be one way. It's got to be, we got to be in overflow, but we've got to have overflow coming out of us. It can't be just one way. Not just overflow coming out of us. That wouldn't be right. Hallelujah. That'd make God not being truthful because he said if you give it'll be given unto you so we have to get into overflow when we have it coming out of us but on the other hand it wouldn't be right either for us to be in overflow and nothing coming out of us that's the dead sea isn't it that's something going and that's that that dries up stagnates and and hallelujah so uh, so we got it both ways amen let's pray tonight and we'll get into the word and see what the holy spirit wants to do father we thank you for your word we thank you it is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path lord we esteem your word above our daily bread we love uh we love your word we call it the foremost and final authority in our lives. And Lord, we look to your word. We look to your word for our help, for our strength. Father, we look to your word for our healing, for our deliverance, for our answers, for our wisdom. And Lord, we just uh, open our hearts tonight to receive more of this word. Lord, And to, Lord, we thank you for the renewed mind. We thank you, Father, for the washing of the water of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, turn over to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Glory to God. And we're going to talk a little bit about um, even what we've been doing on Wednesday night, which is spirit, soul, and body, but really go at it from at, to a different direction. Hallelujah. But uh, starting there with 2 Corinthians 5.17, and uh, you know this, but uh, getting some stuff that will help us even in our overflow and that will help us even in the, the grace to prosper. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Uh, one version said, he says, he's a man remade. He's a man remade. And, uh, you know, we know that uh, Jesus told Nicodemus, ye must be born again. And so this is the born again man. He's a new creature or a new creation, some versions say. He's a new creature. He's, he's new. From, on the inside, he's completely new. He's not even the same creature. It's like, a, it's like if you were an apple, if we could demonstrate you as an apple, and then you get born again, you're turned into an orange. It's still fruit. It's still human being, but, it's, but there's, it's, it's completely different. You can't even compare them. You can't even, it, it's not, it, it, they're not comparable to each other. It's like being changed from an apple to an orange. Amen. It's a new creature. Well, one of the differences, and this is where we want to go tonight, one of the differences in the new birth is this. When you were a, the old man, when you were the sinner, when you were a dead in your trespasses in sin, when you had a sin nature, you were a creature of hate. You, were, you may not realize that, but you were. You had the capacity for hate inside of you. You had the capacity for murder Inside of you, you were a man or woman of hate. You were a man or woman of murder. You were, you had the, you, you were a man or woman of death. But now you're a new creature, and you're just the opposite of that. 
Now you are a creature of love. You just, when you got born again, you, got, you just got to then where you could love. Amen. And you now are a creature of love. Your nature is to love. My nature is to love. I have to go against my nature to hate. I just have to, what I have to do is I have to just totally get in the flesh. I just have to totally get in the flesh. But it's my nature now to love. It's my nature to forgive. It's my nature. Life is my nature. I don't have to work at having life. Life is now in my inner man. Life is my nature. Amen. And love is my nature. I don't even have to work at loving. I just have to yield to the nature. I need to know it's there. If I don't know it's there, I won't yield to it. Amen. So I need to know it's there and I need to yield to it and, uh, because it's my nature to love. It's my nature to forgive. I mean, we've looked at the Bible and, we've, and when Jesus talked about loving, we've said that's too hard to do. It's impossible to do for the sinner. It's not, and that's why Jesus gave the directions He gave, and we'll read some of them tonight, is because He wanted to show them how much they needed a Savior. He gave them things that were impossible to do. That's why God gave the Ten Commandments. He didn't give these saying, now y'all try real hard to keep these. He knew they couldn't. There was no way they could keep the Ten Commandments. They couldn't do it. And the only reason He gave them, the Bible says this, is to show them, they, he, he wanted to show them what sinners they were. He wanted to show them how far they were falling short of the mark. He wanted to show them they needed a Savior. Amen. And so, and that's why He gave them uh, the things, the instructions He did about love, was to show them how far they were. How far they were from love. Uh, turn over to uh, uh, Romans chapter 5. Hallelujah. So now we're creatures of love. We're new create creatures in Christ, and we're creatures of love. Hallelujah. Now we renew our mind. One of the ways we, we, we're renewing our mind, and Pastor's been talking about renewing our mind, we're renewing our mind to prosperity. We're renewing our mind to health. But you know we need to also renew our mind to love because we're creatures of love. We, we're, we're creatures of health. We're creatures of life. We're creatures of prosperity. We've been taught that this week. But we need to renew our minds to love. And the one verse scripture says, there, Now there abideth faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Amen. And another scripture says, uh, Faith worketh by love. In other words, faith doesn't operate unless you're operating in love. You can shut down your faith if you get out of love. You can be believing for something, and you can totally shut down your, your faith. In other words, the, the faith principles that you can be doing it all right, but not be in love, and it will not work for you. Amen. And so we're, we're, we're talking about love uh, tonight because of that. Uh, Romans 5, are y'all there? And, and verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Well, you know, in the new birth, we received, we know, uh, according to Mark eleven twenty three and 24, he said, have the God kind of faith or have the faith of God. Or have the faith as God has it. In the new birth, we got Jesus' faith. We got the God kind of faith. We don't have to work at having faith. Now we have faith. But what, you know what else we got? We got not just some kind of love, but we got the God kind of love. Now, now we're new creatures. We can love like God loves. Well, how does God love? Well, He loves, he loves sinners. He loves unconditionally, doesn't He? The Bible says while we were yet sinners, He loved us. While we were dead in our trespasses and sins, He loved us. 
Now we got that, you know, we can love sinners. We can love people that aren't lovely. Why? Because we, we've got it in our heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we see, you see people doing that. You see people, I know sometimes we see people on TV, on talk shows or whatever, and uh, they're, somebody's murdered their mother or their brother, or, and you know they forgave them. And, and uh, I know I watched one recently, and, and one of the, the talk show hosts said, I, I just don't understand how you do that. I don't see how you can do that. Well, they can't see how you can do it because they couldn't. Hallelujah. But, but they can because the love of God's in their heart. And uh, I know uh, uh, the, uh, this one lady, I don't know who was murdering her family, but she went and ministered to the, to the inmate. And I think then he was actually got the death penalty. And then she went with his mother and visited his grave. And she extended comfort and love to his mother. Hallelujah. And I don't even know how big a revelation that she had that she was doing that because she was a new creature in Christ. Because what she said on TV was, well, I just knew it, it was just going to hurt me if I didn't, you know, it was just going to eat me up if I didn't get rid of it. You know, and that's one revelation of why to get rid of it. But another revelation is, is that we got the love of God in us. Amen. And so uh, turn to uh, uh, Galatians chapter 6. We got, we, we've got it. Hallelujah. And you know, we need, to, we need to renew our mind to it and start walking in it and exercising it. And not just when somebody gets murdered in our family. Bless God, that's not going to happen. But there's other things that we can do that, that'll walk, to walk in love that'll cause us to, 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 really, to really get flowing in the things of the Spirit and the things of, uh, the things of faith. Cause us to really get out there. Amen. Uh, Galatians, are you there in chapter 5? Actually, I said 6, but it's 5. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And then goes on to list a whole bunch of things. Joy. You know you don't have to say, am I happy today? you got joy on the inside of you. And when we sang tonight, I've got joy. You might have thought, well, I don't. I'm depressed. No, you've got joy on the inside of you. Hallelujah. And maybe some days you don't feel that loving, but you've got love down on the inside of you. Amen. The love of God's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Hallelujah. Now, when you're born again, this new creature, you get that fruit of the Spirit. You get the Holy Spirit. You get the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. But I tell you, until you're baptized in the Holy Ghost and you begin to, 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 to stir that up, uh, you're not going to have much power to love. You can have the love of God in you but not really have the power to exercise it. But when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, I know when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, one of the first things I noticed is I started loving the church, loving people, loving my fellow Christians. I noticed it. I mean, I was really, pastor said something, I think even tonight or somebody, just, or maybe Kevin said it even under his breath up here, something about we just, we, we're just, we can just love everything. Just love everybody. Just love everything. That's one of that's one of the things that happens as you stir up the Holy Ghost. You'll find yourself loving, uh, loving people, loving to be around. You be you know be around people, love to be around the body. One of the one of the signs. First John said, "You love the brethren." Hallelujah. And if you don't love your brother in Christ, must not be saved. Kind of how First John puts it. If you don't love your brother, then God's not in you. 
Amen. Amen. So we have this love inside of us, don't we? Praise God. Um, <clears throat> hallelujah. Well, concerning this love, Ephesians 4.24. Thank you, Lord. We're just kind of seeing what the Holy Spirit wants to say tonight about love. Hallelujah. It has everything to do with prospering. Why? Because faith worketh by love. Amen. It has everything to do with healing because faith worketh by love has everything to do with getting your needs met because faith worketh by love. If you have everything to do with the year of overflow, hallelujah, Amen. because faith worketh by love. And you know, we have to make some choices because we're three-part men. Now we got this love of God shed abroad in our heart, but in our soul, we still have feelings. In our soul, we still have, and sometimes those are negative feelings, Right? In our mind, we still can remember. You know, we can remember. We have to choose to forget, but in our mind, we can remember what somebody did to us. We can remember how we were wronged. And you know, sometimes we take that out on people that even didn't do it to us. You ever hear of a woman that, you know, just hates all men because of what her ex-husband did to her, and she just hates all men. Amen. She's just taking it out on all men. Amen. Or, and we can do that too. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So uh, we've got this three-part being. We've got this mind. We got this, we've got our, uh, we got our soul. We've got our spirit. We've got our body. And because we've got to choose. We've got to choose. Ephesians 4.24, he tells us about choosing here. He says, and, 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 and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, verse 23. Pastor read that this morning. And that you put on the new man. Well, we got this new creature inside of us. Now put him on. Now he says, what he's saying is, now act like it. Amen. Now act like it. Which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. See, and before you get your mind renewed that you're a three-part being, what happens is when you have feelings of hate, you think you hate. But now when you have a feeling that says, I hate you, and you may have that feeling, you may even have that thought, but you, right then you can catch it and say, no, that's not me. That is not the real me. That's just my flesh. And I'm not going to act on that. I'm going to act on my spirit, which says I love you. Amen. And we can get stronger in this. We can get stronger in this by meditating on it. By renewing our mind to the fact that we're love creatures. And by, like Pastor said, by thinking on those things. Philippians 4, that he didn't read this morning, says, what are we to think on? We're to think on those things that are pure. And one of the things it says we're to think on are those things that are lovely. Or those things that are full of love. We can think about loving. Instead of thinking about hating. If you meditate and think about hating, you're going to act on hating. But if you'll think about loving people. Now what could I do to love people? We ought to be thinking of ways to love people. We ought to be thinking of ways to love people. Now, at the ladies' meeting, I'm going to talk about this. I won't go into much of it tonight, but I read this book, and I, I just I loved it, and so I'm going to talk about it at the ladies' meeting. Is, uh, it's about the five, the five uh, love languages, and uh, you may have heard about it. And I just love that book because it talks about that all of us receive love in a different way. And so I thought, well, I started thinking about, well, okay, it's like, okay, what's your love language is what it is. And everybody has a different love language. And, you know, husbands and wives can be missing each other because we're loving them one way and they don't. Like, for instance, maybe a, a wife that really likes to buy gifts, but it means nothing to the husband. You know, sometimes gifts mean nothing to some men. 
Uh huh? Really? And at, Chris, and at Christmas, they're just nearly act bored, and you know it really hurts your feelings because they're like, whatever, you know. Uh, you know. Well, that wasn't their love language. You missed their love language. Now, that mean don't mean don't get them nothing for Christmas, but hallelujah, because that might be a little bit dishonoring. I know my dad, his love language is not gifts. And I could get my feelings hurt, but even reading that book, it helped me say, well, that's not my daddy's love language. And it helped me understand the love, love, what, what makes me feel loved, mm-hmm. my love language. And I found out about the, what makes me feel loved, but I also just meditated on it, thought about it, till I figured out which one was pastor's. And so I thought, well, I'm going to just start pouring it on in that area. I'm going to get that. I'm going to pour that on. I mean, and, and, you know, we've always tried to love each other, but I thought, well, now i got some direction. Hallelujah. And I'll just start pouring it on. And I'll meditate on what Eric's was. I hadn't figured him out totally yet. But meditating on, well, what's Colin's love language? And, I, and you know, what's Chris's love language? And I even was thinking about Carter. And, he, you know, he's little, and he's already expressing. I can already kind of tell what his love language is. I can tell you what his love language is. I'll tell you what Carter's is. It's quality time. He wants your 100% attention all the time. And that's what makes him feel loved is when you're paying attention to him. And I don't know you say, well, all kids are that way. No, they're not. My kids used to go play. And like, they'd go off and play with some toys by themselves because they didn't have to have that constant hallelujah. And so there's these, there's what we can, we can meditate. And my point is this right now tonight, I don't want to teach the whole thing I'm going to do at the ladies meeting, but my point is this, is we can sit around and meditate how we can love, how we can love. How can I love? Lord, show me who to love. You know, we can take, sometimes people aren't using finances to love people because they don't think they have enough to do it. But you know, uh, we can take a $5 bill and set it aside in our billfold and, and just say, Lord, and, and meditate on it for several days. Lord, show me somebody. You know, that may be all that you can use as a $5 bill. And just show me somebody I can, I can use this to demonstrate the love of God to. And, you know, you don't have to have a lot of money. But some people, like, it's like, well, if I couldn't give 100 I wouldn't. I'd be embarrassed to give 5 Well, you shouldn't be. I know it wasn't but about five years ago that I was, my faith was just not working like I wanted it to in some areas where believing for finances were concerned. I wasn't seeing the results like I thought I should. So I said to myself in my prayer time, I'll just start over. I'll start over. Now, Lord, I'm believing you for somebody to give me a $5 bill. I, you know, because if it's not working at 1000 go back a step or two, you know. So I thought, man, I'm just going to start at what? I'm not going to believe for a dollar. I can think I can believe for a $5 bill. And I started over. But I know there's people right here in this room that would say, I couldn't give Miss Debbie a $5 bill. I couldn't give that to her. Why? But, but you ought to because God wanted somebody to respond to $5. Because I was believing him for, not, not, you know, I had $5 in my purse. That's not the point. I'm not believing for five because I need it. I'm believing for five because I want to practice exercising my faith to getting what I say. I had more than $5 in my purse, but I want to believe him so that I can see him work. And then I'll go to 10 if I can believe him for five. But you know what? I think, I begin to think after a few weeks, I begin to thank God. I, I think people would have responded better if I'd have believed you for a hundred. Because I began to realize the people that knew me wouldn't walk up and hand me five dollars because they would talk themselves out of it if God said to. Now that's wrong. 
You know, here we say, well, how do you do that? Because that's so embarrassing to give, walk up to Pastor Webb and hand him $5. Here's how you do it. God told me to give this to you. Wad it up in a little. God told me to give this to you. And besides, you know, money cometh if enough $5 bills come in. Hallelujah. How many of you know? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. $5 still means something to me. Hallelujah. 100 means more, but <laughs> 5 means something. Hallelujah. And it blesses ministers that you're just obeying God. Hallelujah. It blesses them to see you start where you're at. And you know, if God said give Miss Debbie $5, wouldn't that be so much better to obey Him than to give Him 100 Give me 100 Now you can give the 100 later. Just go ahead and hold on to it. And, and, and later you can do that. But the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. If God said five, bless God, you ought to make it five. I know not too long ago, I was sitting and I was reading something or something. I was in the house. The Lord told me, send Andrew Womack $10. I thought, well, I think I have an Andrew Womack envelope here in my desk somewhere. So I started rifling through it and found an envelope. But with the envelope, had another little card and it said, well, join our $30 a month thing. So I thought, well, that sounds good. And I made out a check for $30. And I got under conviction. I mean, I got under conviction. And I thought, and I thought, and I, and I, I, I my, really, I wanted to give him $30. But that's not what the Holy Spirit said to give him. And obedience is better than sacrifice. So before the day was out, I went in there, tore the $30 check up, rewrote the check to be obedient to God, and gave him $10 and sent him $10. Amen? Now, he might have rather had the 30 but God said send 10 And I had 30 But God said send 10 well, it works on the big amounts too. If God said give 100, you know what? You're not being obedient when you give 10. When you reason it out in your mind, you rationalize it, well, you know, but I got this and I got that and the kids need lunch money and I'm going to have to buy groceries this week and the electric bill's due. And, you know, you're not being obedient when God said give 100 and you give 10. And you might as well take that 10, go back in there. It's, now, now well, don't do it because we at the church really still want the 10. If we can't have nothing, if we can't have the hundred, we'd rather have the ten than nothing at the church. But in God's eyes, if he said give a hundred and you give ten, you should have took it back there in the men's bathroom, put it in the commode and hit flush. It's wood, hay, and stubble if it's not obedience. There's no harvest coming. You're wasting your time sowing, uh, sowing when you're not obeying. You are wasting your time. Now, there's a time when you're a very baby Christian, maybe just got saved a month ago, and, you know, none of you can really qualify for that and this in here, but you know, and, and you don't know any better, and so you start out kind of trying to tithe and trying to give and try, and so you're just, because you don't know any better, you're just, and God will put up with that for a little while, and he'll bless you anyway. But there comes a time when we better obey God. Amen. And everybody in this room is mature enough in the Lord to know, obey Him, and obey His voice. And we also know that it's, it's good. Sometimes God tells you things just to practice on you hearing His voice. He wants you to be able to hear Him. I've asked Him, Lord, teach me to hear Your voice. So He's going to give me little tests of hearing His voice so that when I need to hear Him because it's life and death, I'll be able to because I've practiced on $10. How many of you think it would be better to practice on $10 than practice on your life? Because there's a speeding truck coming. How many of you think it would be better to obey God in $10 than to have to believe God in traction for six months or something? 
And a lot of times we see Christians that get serious injuries, but they didn't get killed. That's because, and, and, and you know, it's like God spared them as far as he could. Hallelujah. Or Colossians 3.10, just turn over a couple of books. Colossians 3.10. And he talks about having put on the new man. Colossians 3.10, and have put on the new man. See, you can be a new crea creation in Christ and never have put on the new man. In other words, never really starting to act like you're saved. Never really starting to act on all that the new birth bought you. The new birth, you have the love of God shed abroad in your hearts. Now put on the new man. Now act like it. Now begin to act on that person and on that man. And have put on the new man which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Notice this. Now he told us in, in um, uh, Romans 12 that we are to renew our mind. But he says about the new man that he's already renewed. He already is renewed in knowledge. See, we're going over to, and, and we're renewing our mind. We're getting knowledge. We're getting revelation knowledge in our souls because we need a renewed mind. But he says, here's what he's saying. The new man already has a renewed mind. He already has renewed knowledge. He already has revelation. Hallelujah. Uh, the, the new man's already smart. Pastor Buzzy says, you're, you're smart on the inside. God, you're smart. Hallelujah. You're full of the wisdom of God. You already know the answer. You're already renewed in the inner man. And if you can live out of the inner man, you can bypass this thing. You know, when you get born again, if, if you were not a good student, for instance, when you get born again, if you'll rely on this man, this man is smart, and he'll teach you all things, and all of a sudden your grades can go from, from D's and C's to A's. Why? Because you're a new man. We need to teach our children that. Instead of, oh, they got, they got ADD. You know, kids that have ADT. Now, I'm not ADD, ADT. ADD. Kids that have ADD. There might be a few that really have something chemically wrong. I think it would be a very small percentage. Actually, what kids with ADD have is PDD. Parent discipline disorder. Parental discipline disorder. That's what they got. Those kids, uh, they, they got them on TV and they're screaming and thrashing and, and, and they say, he's got ADD. If you'll put the, pe the paddle to the, sorry, say put the pedal to the metal. Oh, don't run over, no, don't run over him. Put the paddle to the, to the, the back end, hallelujah, not to, hallelujah. No, don't be a parent that has parental discipline disorder. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Well, it's true anyway. You can't say amen, say oh me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know where I'm at. Uh, turn to, uh, huh? I know where I'm at now, but I'm trying to think where I'm going. <laughs> hallelujah. Turn to, hmm, Romans 13, I think. Romans 13, talking about love, starting in verse 7. Render, therefore, to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. It's just real simple. 
If you love, if you're love, if you're if you're loving with the love of God that's shed abroad in your heart, then you're not going to commit adultery. And so, people that commit adultery, they've stepped out of love. They may think, no, I'm in adultery because I'm in love. No, you stepped out of love. You just are, like Pastor Buzzy said, you're in lust or something. I think he said it a little different than that. But no, it's just emotion. It's just your head. Hallelujah. It's just infatuation. It's not love. Hallelujah. It's not love. It's not, it's not the God kind of love. And relationships only survive on the God kind of love. Thou shalt not commit adultery. So if you love, if you're in love, you're not going to commit adultery because you're going to hurt people and that, and, you're going to, and that wouldn't be love, would it? And you don't want to do anything when you're walking in love to hurt other people. You don't kill. If you're, if you're in love, if you've got love in you, you're not going to kill. You're not going to steal. You're not going to cheat. You're not going to lie, bear false witness. Love doesn't bear false witness. I wouldn't, if I'm walking in love, I can't lie and hurt you in order to get ahead myself. And people, Christians that do that, they lose. Amen. You end up losing. Uh, thou shalt not covet. Covet means I wish I had what you had and you had nothing. I mean, that's one way of saying it. I wish, I wish I had that, you know, I wish I had that tie, Pastor, and Hallelujah. Of course, if you know love, if you told Pastor, I wish I had that tie, he'd take it off and give it to you. Why? Because love would get love wants to do that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't thou huh? He said, Don't try it. Huh. Thou shalt not covet. You know, but we need to sit around meditating on things like that. How Lord, how could I show some love tonight? I mean, we sit around meditating on love. And how could, you know, husbands all sit around meditating. How could I, how could I show my wife I love her? And, and, and my wives all sit around meditating on how could I show him I love him? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know, the Bible says, husbands, I'll just say that. I got them here. They're kind of captive. Uh, you know, it says to dwell with your wife according to knowledge. Well, you know, you ought to find out what her love language is because that would be dwelling according to knowledge because you could be missing her a country mile and you could be doing everything and her not really feeling like you loved her. I mean, I read in the book, I'll just tell you this, about a man and he was cleaning the house and he was cooking the meals. I mean, he was doing it all. And I'm thinking, well, that's pretty good. And his wife was at the, at the counselor saying, I don't, he don't love me. And he was thinking, and he just he would just do more around the house, but that wasn't her love language. So he was missing her. He was miss. He was, and he was like, "Whoo! I could rest if I'd have known that. I could have sat down in the easy chair, and I could have started doing something else that would have showed her I loved her. And I think her love language was quality time. And he was so busy cleaning house and stuff, he didn't sit down and just look into her eyes and talk to her. You know." Hallelujah. So we ought to figure that we ought to dwell on how we could love. And within the church, we ought to be saying, coming to church thinking about, well, how could I show love tonight? God, how could I love somebody tonight? Lord, let me demonstrate. I got the love of God shed abroad in my heart. You know, don't, if you're just trying to hoard it up and, and clutch to keep and, and, and who could take me out to supper and who could buy mine and who could, something's wrong. Something's wrong. You are, you are out of whack. You are way over in the flesh. You may be saved, but you're in the flesh. And the kingdom of God is going around you. You know, instead of mother-in-laws fighting with their daughter-in-laws, well, how could I love my daughter-in-law? How many mother-in-laws hate their daughter-in-law? 
How many daughter-in-laws hate their mother-in-law? I'm telling you daughter-in-laws, you ought to be merciful to mother-in-laws. It's hard to let go of your sons. It's hard to let other women have your sons. It's really hard. It's hard, you know, that mama, she's been, because boys love their mamas, and you know, and they just, and boys like, mama is my valentine. And then all of a sudden, mama's not their valentine. It's just painful, (laughs) y'all. Hallelujah. I know me and Colin, we used to talk on the phone, and now I don't get no attention. Oh, from Colin, I mean. I mean, he's just, he's busy. He's got another woman. He's got two of them. Hallelujah. But I got a good daughter-in-law. She's real loving. And she's real merciful. And you know, uh, you ought to let your son-in-law, your, your husband, you ought to let him still pay some attention to his mother. Now, it's wrong for, you know, him to go home to mama all the time, be a mama's boy. And I mean, that's wrong. That's out of balance. But, but there's some wives, you know, they're covetous, they're jealous, and they won't let him pay any attention to his mama. Well, you're just going to alienate him and her both. Hallelujah. No, how can I show love? Let's meditate on how we can show love. Amen. What could I do? What could we do to, to show uh, Kevin we love him? What could we do to show uh, the ushers that we appreciate them and love them? Amen. Amen. Let's sit around and meditate on stuff like that. That's what we're supposed to be doing. I, uh, where are we at? So uh, love work, uh, he says here in Romans, he said, uh, it's all summed up in thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Or in other words, we, y- you treat other people Love is when you treat them like you'd want to be treated. So you, you don't want them steal. You don't want anybody stealing from you. So you wouldn't steal from somebody else because that's what love does. So love always just says, it, you know, before it makes a decision to do something, it says, "Well, is this love? Is this love?" Now we none of us have been perfected in this, but we can make it our aim, make it our goal. Verse ten: Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Love doesn't try to get back at the neighbor. You know? You know what I'm talking about. Love, love doesn't throw the beer cans back over the fence. They threw beer cans in your yard. Love picks them up and puts them in the trash can. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we all have areas where it's a little harder to walk in love, don't we? Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, or you may not want to turn there. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Because we need to say, well, okay, what does love look like? I mean, we've already talked a little bit about what love looks like. Hallelujah. You know, Pastor talked about this morning about men acting single when they're married. That's not love. That's not love. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And, of course, we're not going to read the first part. We, we know that. But let's just look at the, what love looks like down in verse 4. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Now, when we get impatient, that's a step out of love. Hallelujah. Oh, me. Oh, me for me. I mean, I'm, if when we get impatient, we've just stepped out of love. Love is kind. See, we could talk about love is kind. Love is not reading you the right act, telling you off. Now, we do those things, but we got in the flesh. We stepped out of the spirit. We got out of who we really are. We got out and we stepped out of love. Amen? And it ought to be our desire not to do those things anymore. Amen? And to correct those things. If we have a, you know, if you do those things, don't mean you're not saved. It means you've got a bad habit in your flesh. You're used to, instead of letting God be your defense, you're used to defending yourself. 
You may have even said something one time. Boy, I ain't going to let anybody walk on me. I'm a, I have to look out for myself. Bless God, I don't have anybody else to look out for me. i got to look out for myself. So, so if you ever try to come against me, I'm going to be in your face. That's not love. Love, see, you've you got to get to the point where you can trust God to be to, to your defendant for you. Where you can just stand there, hallelujah, and, and, and even take it when somebody does it to you. Boy, now that's a challenge. Not just to not give it back, but to take it and to forgive them. Hallelujah. I told you we couldn't do this except by the new man. You can't do this if you're not born again. And you can't do it without a renewed mind. Hallelujah. But we're renewing our mind to love. So we're doing it more and more. So love is kind. Love always finds the... You know, that doesn't mean that love never corrects anybody. You know, because love, love does correct. You know, sometimes love is tough. Sometimes it's love to go somebody and say, don't do that. But, you know, love always finds the kindest way possible to say it. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. <clears throat> love is never envious. Doesn't want what somebody else has. Doesn't want things, I, I wish I had that. Love doesn't, it doesn't boil over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It doesn't walk in and, you know, with its nose in the air and hallelujah. It's not snooty. Love isn't snooty. It does not, y'all know what snooty is? Hallelujah. Maybe that's just me. Love does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Love will give, you know, love gives and takes. In other words, you know, it's not that we never ask for anything, but we're also willing to compromise some. I know we got some friends. I won't mention any names. You might know them. You know, and we all have our weaknesses, and so I'm not, boy, I can't, they could be preaching wherever. I don't know if they preach, but if they were preaching, they could be telling me, I got a friend in Tuscaloosa, and here's what she does. And so, but you know, we can use each other for examples and still walk in love. But, you know, they build a house. And I'm telling you, I told Pastor, if I was their builder, I'd jump off the bridge and drown myself. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's one thing. And I know that, you know, you, we need to, there's times to insist on people doing what's right and what you've paid for. But family, there's also times when we can give an inch. And, and, and in this particular, these people, they happen to be perfectionists. And they're perfectionists to a fault. Where nobody in the world but could ever meet the standard. Do you know what I'm saying? And especially when it comes to houses. Well, now the builder took the brick off three times of the house. And I can't even tell you all the rest of it. Whew. And, you know, I'm not saying that, that, you know, they may have picked a different brick. I don't even really know all the details. I'm not being critical. But that wasn't the only area. And I know when we built our house and we were dealing with a Jew. He was a Jew man. And, you know, there were some things that we said, there was some give and take in it. And there were some things we asked him to do for us, and he did. But, you know, there were some mistakes that, that we just said, you know, like, for instance, my back doors, my uh, 
what do you call those? French doors. Yeah, I wanted them to open out. And I got over there one day, and they opened in. Well, you know, I could have pitched a fit, and I could have made him, because it was going to be a lot of work. You're going to have to take the whole door frame out and turn it around to get these doors to open out. Well, we just said, well, that'd be fine. That'd be okay. Hallelujah. It didn't have to be. Why? Because love, now there was other things. Now, I just, I held on. I wanted a double oven. I held on. Well, I don't put double ovens in. Well, we, we going to this time, though. Hallelujah. Now, I held on, in love, held on. But then I was willing to give, too. I saw that he had given. He gave over and gave me my double oven. Hallelujah. He got my, he, he didn't want to give me the swimming pool, but he put his name on the line and had to give me my swimming pool. And so, you know, it seemed like a small thing to let him, say, not always, see, love's not always looking out for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You just don't want anybody you do business with in town to say, I hope I never see them again. If I ever see them walking down the street, I'm going to run in front of a truck. I mean, you, you just don't want people to feel that way about you. Do you know what I'm saying? You want them to leave you saying, oh, I'd be glad to do that for you again. You were blessed. You were pleasant. You were a pleasure. You were, you were better than anybody I had ever you want your employer to say about you, uh, well, you could come back any time. When you quit, them to say, any time you want to come back. You don't want your employer to go, glad that's over. Hallelujah. You don't want that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Is that correct? Isn't that what love looks like? Amen. You, don't, you want the waiters in the restaurants to not come back and say, man, I hope I don't get them cheapskate. And I tell you all the time, and I'll tell you, senior citizens are the worst. So you senior citizens, y'all are word people. All the time we watch senior citizens lay one dollar on the table. In nice restaurants lay one buck on the table. Y'all need to wake up. It is not 1950 or 60. It is 2005. How far can you go with a dollar? You say, well, that's all I have. Well, maybe you should have gone to McDonald's. They don't take a tip. Pastor said he likes, where did we eat the other day? Schlotsky's. He said, you don't have to tip there. <laughs> I mean, you know, well, I mean, he's, it's not that he minds tipping, but here's actually what he said. He, we were eating at some restaurant. He said, well, it was only a dollar more than Schlotsky's, except at Schlotsky's you don't have to tip. That's what he said. Hallelujah. That's what he said. It was only a dollar more than Schlotsky's. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> so he wasn't like, I don't want to tip. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Love endures long as patient kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. Is not boastful or vainglorious. Does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. It is not rude. Love is not rude. Hallelujah. Love is not rude. You know, uh, they say that if it's concerning tipping, if you have bad service, that you should go ahead and tip, and then you should tell the manager. Uh, you know. Hallelujah. It is not rude, unmannerly. Love is not unmannerly and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. We kind of talked about that already. For it is not self-seeking. 
It is not. You know, see, here's how come we can be this way. We can be so generous and we can also be not looking out for self and taking up for self because we know God's going to do it for us. We know God's watching our backside. And if somebody takes advantage of us, He'll cause somebody else to bless us if we react. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just what we needed, some more rain. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, he's what, He'll watch out for us. And you know, sometimes waiters and waitresses are having bad days. That is not an easy job. You are on your feet. You are dealing with people who aren't Christians. You are dealing with sometimes drunks. I mean, they're sitting there and uh, they're drunk. They've been had too much to drink and they go in, you know, you know who I'm talking about at the Outback and stuff. And, and you know, they're dealing with everything in the world, not just the Outback, but, you know, they go. It seems like, you know, those, well, I'm not going to get there. But hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We need to be a little bit, we got to be patient. Well, you know, they were saying this morning that, that IHOP now makes you pay before you get your food on the weekends. At weekend nights. Well, it's like, oh, that's wrong. Well, how would you like it if people had been walking out not paying? You know, if everybody would walk in love, we would never have to even have rules. Even in the church bookstore, we have to have a rule. You have to pay in advance. Why? Because people order and don't ever pick up. And we spend the church's money making tapes and CDs, and they never, ever come back and get them. And even sometimes when you remind them, because why? Because sometimes people are real hot for a message that day. Oh, my gosh, that helped me. I want that tape. But three or four weeks later, it's like, I really, and I don't really want to spend that $4 because I really don't want it anymore. And so that's why we have to have the rule in the church big store, no exceptions you have to pay in advance. Hallelujah. I wouldn't even ask myself. Hallelujah. Why? Because people don't keep the rules. If everybody kept all the, if everybody walked in love, we never have to have a rule. But everybody doesn't. Even in the church, everybody doesn't walk in love. Amen. You know, well, I won't go there. Hallelujah. So, uh, uh, so sometimes we got to say, okay, how would I feel if I was the businessman in this situation? Hallelujah. Woo, I tell you, it's not easy being a waitress. It's not easy being a clerk at a checkout place hallelujah people get you know people come in and get their credit card denied and get mad at the checker huh get so mad at the checker because they got their credit card denied like the checker has a thing in this world to do with it when people are embarrassed somebody said that people when they get embarrassed they'll they'll attack the checker and so you know sometimes the checker's not just right to you well somebody before them might have been amen Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Did we finish this? No, we're at verse 5. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy. Ever had a touchy day? Hallelujah. Or fretful. Hallelujah. Or resentful doesn't resent that resent what pastor said I resent that hallelujah or anybody else it is not touchy or fretful or resentful now we're all tempted to be all of these things but we can go we can make a choice hallelujah it takes no account of the evil done to it hmm it doesn't sit around and make mental lists of everything somebody did wrong to it even your husband 
I mean, I know pastor used to go to the farm back in these many years ago. I could sit there all day meditating on everything he was doing I didn't like. And how I would tell him when he got in, because I've never been I've never been one to be able to hold back the many many words and how I would tell him when he I mean he's just bless his heart, he was out there innocent, trying to earn a living, and here I was just like he didn't know at home it was stacking up against him. But one of the reasons was he was missing my love tank by a quarter of a mile. Because, see, husbands think, well, I'm earning her a good living. And he was. I mean, I had money, all money I could spend, I had it. And I'm pretty good at it. And I still was, I was not running out of money. And he'd like, well, that ought to be pretty good love. But that was missing me a country mile. And, you know, I didn't even know about the love languages. But one time I told him, this is what I got married for and gave him the reasons. And he said, okay. And he just changed and started, and hallelujah. And God put us in a, in a job now, a ministry, where it just, my love take just kind of automatically gets filled up because my love language is quality time. And so I get a lot of time with pastor. And, you know, sometimes that can be not quality time because, you know, we're working. But still, usually it works out in every day that I get some time, either at lunch or somewhere I'm getting that quality time. So, so I'm one happy camper. But when he was farming and he left at 6 o'clock in the morning, and I didn't see him until 9 o'clock at night, my love tank was empty. Amen. And so, and when your wife's love tank gets empty, <laughs> hallelujah. Ah, really? So if she's been like that at home, you ought to think about it. You ought to think about it. Amen. Maybe you ought to go buy the book. It might be worth going to Books a Million tonight. They're open till 11. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And you know, this doesn't just work. For husbands and wives. It works for brothers and sisters. And I was thinking about what's my mom's love tank. And I figured it out real quick. Hallelujah. And you know it also made me understand why my, my dad and her got a divorce. Because he was missing it more than a quarter of a mile. He was missing it three country miles. Her love. And she is missing his. She was missing his. And so neither one of them ever felt loved. Boy if we just known these things. Well, you know, we didn't have to read a book. The Holy Spirit inside of us can show us these things. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Did we ever finish this? It is not resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Say, I pay no attention when somebody does me wrong. I pay no attention when somebody does me wrong. I pay no attention. When my husband does me wrong, I pay no attention when my wife does me wrong. I pay no attention when my brother does me wrong. I pay no attention when my sister does me wrong. I pay no attention when my boss does me wrong. Hallelujah. Well, you now say this. God will make it up to me. He's going to make it up to you. If you'll pay no attention when somebody does you wrong, He'll make it up to you. He'll make it up to you. And you know what else? If you'll walk in love, He'll work on them. Hallelujah. But I will tell you this, since I've already gone this far in it. May I, don't, I may not even need to have a ladies' meeting. We might just cancel that thing. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, no, we'll have it. We'll talk about it more. But... Um, Hallelujah. Well, what was I going to say? Um, hmm, 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 hmm. 
Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's stand up together. Maybe I'll think of it. I interrupted myself and forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. God will make it up to me. God will make it up to me. Oh, here's what I was going to say. Uh, you know, I learned a long time as a wife, a lot, long time ago as a wife, and it could work for husbands too. But instead of praying for three days that God will show him, it's easier just to tell him. Not in an unkind way, not an in-your-face, better get your act together, mister, or I'm out of here way. No, not in that way, but in a kind, gentle way to say, you know, I've told pastor, I've said, now, you know, uh, uh, it, it, birthdays mean a lot to me. Don't miss it. You know, some men, you think, well, everybody ought to know that, but some of them really don't. They really don't know that. And they don't know what you want. They have no clue. And I decided a long time ago, I'm going to be upset all every holiday if I don't make this real simple for him. So I just make him out a list. It's kind of an ongoing list, and he can just pick and choose any time he wants to. And, 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 you know, and he just kind of, hallelujah. And, and he doesn't have to go and think, now, does she want an ironing board? She don't. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You, did you watch Father of the Bride? The little girl went ballistic over a blender. Hallelujah. About lost it over a blender. About closed the marriage down over a blender. Hallelujah. She don't want a blender. Now, she wants one, but you just need to buy that sometime when you're walking through Kmart. Let's say, well, let's get that. And she'll be real blessed, but don't show up with it wrapped. Amen. On a birthday or Christmas. And those of you that are not married learn from this. So it's better. You know, communication. Lots of husbands and wives don't have good marriages just because they just don't communicate enough. Hallelujah. And I had, you know, I have to, because there's different holidays that I have different expectations. Now this, I had to kind of explain. Now this is what makes me happy on Valentine's. Now this is what makes me, this is the kind of give that makes me happy on birthday. Now this is the kind of, now you think, well, everybody ought to know this stuff. And some men may just come knowledgeable about that. But Pastor came from the no gift family. His dad doesn't buy his mother anything. I mean, his dad, I, his, his dad is worth several million dollars. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying. And she might get like something that costs $10 for Christmas. Now, I'm not being ugly. It's just no revelation there. And he came from that. And I didn't want him to be that. See, and I was an only child. And I came from loaded up and spoil her. And I liked it, and I didn't want to stop. Hallelujah. <laughs> And I used to accuse him when he is a farmer because his birthday's in January and we would have always just got refinanced and so we'd really throw on the dog. But always September, he is out of money when my birthday came. It's like, well, that's convenient because, you know, farmers get this farm line and they can use it all up and you just are kind of running on fumes till the end of the year. Just believe in God to get to the end of the year. When the crop gets in, you can sell it and you can have money again, get refinanced. Hallelujah. And that's not a good system. That's a world system. But that was the system we were in. Hallelujah. And so I was getting hurt every birthday. You know? Sometimes you just got to communicate. Thank you, Jesus. So go home and communicate if you need to. And that can go in any other area too. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, let's bow in prayer. Father, we thank you.